Hi, my name is Beth, and I am the host of the Seeking Light podcast. In a world that presents us with growth and challenges, there is tremendous light. And this podcast is a source of light through scriptural insights that I have gained through the years. Come join me as I share light in a world that can sometimes be confusing. Hello, everyone. Thank you so much for jumping on today, this podcast. Um, This is an exciting time. I'm leaving tomorrow morning to drive to Idaho and uh, my sister-in-law, Julie, and I are doing a retreat for women and we are so excited. And so before I leave, I want to make this Tuesday recording and, and I hope that all of you are doing great. We just had a beautiful weekend and now I felt rain tonight when I was outside by the car. So, well, this weekend I had the opportunity to go over to um, the west side of Portland to my brother's stake and to speak to the youth of their stake. And interestingly enough, I was really struggling with um, having a clear picture and a cohesive uh, presentation or, or fireside talk that I wanted to give to the youth. And I actually struggled for quite some time. Um, and I was praying a lot and searching. And it's so interesting to me because podcasts, not all the time, but will regularly come to my mind and I'll hurry and put them on my phone or down on a piece of paper. And then I'll begin to kind of feel it in. And, um, while I was really pondering super hard, I mean, I couldn't sleep at night. I was awake. I was seeking, I was reading my scriptures, listening to talks, trying to find out exactly what heavenly father would have me share with these youth. I, during this process, literally within like 10 minutes time, two podcast ideas came to my mind, ironically. So I hurry and put them on my phone. I didn't have time to really work on it, but I put them in my phone so that I wouldn't forget. And then I went back to working on the fireside, which was about personal revelation. And I kept working and working on that. So that was a growing experience for me because even up until the presentation through the presentation, I never really felt it was like, kind of like, um, at the end, I was talking to a man at the fireside and, and I'd gotten to know him. He helped me with the audio and the presentation part. And, um, he said, was it like a writer's block, like a revelation block? And I said, that's kind of how I felt. So I think it's very interesting. There's things that we need to learn. I needed to learn some stuff and I, I really did. And so gratefully, uh, this was one of the two podcasts that came to my mind as I was in the process of trying to prepare for this fireside that I did. So it's a concept that I've actually thought about for quite some time now. And um, I've I've mentioned it to people when I've been talking to them. And during a recent podcast interview, I actually mentioned it to the person I was interviewing. And she's like, oh my gosh, can you talk to me more about that? So I thought, you know what? Um, With this quote I have that I got when I was working on my fireside, this is perfectly goes in line. So I'm going to read you the quote. It's by Elder Holland. And it says, the church is not a monastery for the isolation of perfect people. It's more like a hospital provided for those who wish to get well. So my podcast today is about the symbolism of the church being like a hospital. And I thought about it a lot because in different callings, 
you know, you as a leader know information about people's lives that not necessarily the whole congregation knows about. And nobody is perfect. Nobody. And we are all symbolically somewhere in the hospital at some level experiencing something. And so I want to share with you just a few of my thoughts about different symbolic areas of the hospital that we might be in and we might be going through different things. So some of us are nurses. So nurses, they come in. My mother-in-law was a nurse. I have Matt's cousins are nurses. His aunt is a nurse. Um, They come in, they check on their patients. They administer medicine to them. They keep in touch with the doctor to communicate anything that the patient might need. They have regular check-ins where they check their vitals. And symbolically in our callings, some of us are serving as nurses. We are checking in with those that are in need, new converts, widows, um, part part member families, elderly, um, divorced, um, those that are in need of our care, maybe more extensively, but we're checking in, we're making sure that they're doing okay. We're reporting back to the elders corn president, the bishop about their needs and making sure that other people are involved and helping out if they have children or if there's something that they need done at their home or, I mean, tons of things. So symbolically speaking, some of us in our lives at different times are nurses. Then at different times in our lives, we can be the doctor. We, when you think about a doctor, you think of someone that's skilled spent many years studying, learning, growing, trying to understand to their best ability, a specific area, possibly of focus. Um, They're kind of an expert in their craft and they'll perform the most amazing surgeries that remove illness and disease from the body. They prescribe medication and they diagnose to us what is needed. And sometimes like bishops and relief society presidents and state presidents and primary presidents and those serving in callings have gained these skills through the years. And sometimes with their compassion, love, their guidance from the Holy ghost, they perform very intricate work of caring for someone else of understanding and learning from the wisdom of life's experiences, how to help somebody in need that can't necessarily perform that themselves or, or do the work themselves. Okay. Some of us are sitting in a waiting room. Um, I have had to sit in a waiting room with Matt on a couple occasions because of kidney stones. I think now he's had seven kidney stone attacks and we have had to sit in the waiting room for hours. Our last visit was last June. And we literally sat in the waiting room from, I think it was like 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock at night until 640 in the morning when the sun was coming up. And spiritually speaking, some of us are in the waiting place. We're searching for an answer. We're searching for some guidance. We don't feel like we're necessarily getting that kind of like when I was preparing for the fireside, 
I didn't necessarily feel like I was getting exact direction or um, a specific layout or uh, an order of how things were to go. And sometimes you and I, spiritually speaking, we're in a waiting room of a hospital. We're in a waiting room and it could be an hour. It could be more than that. It could be several hours. And we could be there trying to be a patient ourselves, meaning like for Matt, he had the kidney stones, but I was there to be with Matt and support him. And in that waiting room, there were many people that were there sitting with a loved one or, you know, someone that was in pain that had cut themselves on accident. Like someone uh, in the waiting room when Matt was there had gotten some chemicals in their eyes and they couldn't see. Another woman had fallen out of her recliner chair and damaged her back. Another woman couldn't stop throwing up. So there were all these different people with different symptoms in that waiting room. And all of our time in that waiting room varied. Matt wasn't called back and wasn't given medication until around two in the morning. And then they put him on an IV drip. So sometimes in our life, spiritually speaking, we're in a waiting room. We don't really have answers. We're not really sure. And sometimes the answers will come and sometimes they won't, but there's a waiting place. Okay. The next one is sometimes at a hospital, we're undergoing a surgery. So an anesthesiologist will put somebody under so that they can, the doctor can perform a surgery. And sometimes spiritually speaking, we have to undergo a surgery. We might have some things in our lives that we grew up with a certain belief, a certain culture, where we might have to undergo a transformation. And a lot of times when we go through trials, we can experience a surgery where certain things are removed that are causing our spiritual growth to be stunted. And so the surgery is helping our bodies. It's not at the moment because it's having to be cut up or cut into, but then the body begins to heal and it can be made whole. So sometimes people in our ward and our, in you know, in, in the church are experience a surgery and how are we, are we showing love and compassion and kindness? And are we being non-judgmental? Because all of us at some point, symbolically speaking, have had to undergo surgery and mostly multiple times, not just once. Okay. The next one is, is that there's outpatient care. Some people come to the hospital for just a day where they're getting a procedure done. It's not very long, but it's something that they can go home with medication and whoever brought them. And so there's people spiritually speaking and, and also physically speaking that have to go through something for a short period of time that can be frustrating. Um, a bill that comes in the mail that they didn't expect and that made money tight. Um, anything spiritually speaking, there could be a quick, a short bump in the road that there's got to be something that's not going to take a, a long time, but it's a shorter process and we have to go through it in order to get better. And um, I'm grateful for experiences like that. You know, when we're in callings, 
sometimes things will happen where there's a miscommunication or a misunderstanding in, you know, when you're serving with someone else or you're serving over, you have stewardship over people and it can cause a temporary outpatient issue where there's hurt feelings for a short period of time, or there's something that needs to be addressed. It doesn't mean it's going to take forever, but it can be something that needs to be taken care of. And as soon as it's worked out, eventually it's better. Okay. Some of us, symbolically speaking, are visiting others at the hospital. And that made me think of ministering. You know, some of us are, when a visitor comes to the hospital, what do they do? They bring flowers, they bring food, they bring a card, they bring um, balloons. They come to cheer you up, to see how you're doing, to check in on you. And so symbolically speaking, you know, our ministering brothers and sisters, they are trying to find ways to reach us and get to be closer to us and care for us. And I remember when I would have my babies, because I haven't been at a hospital myself or anything except for when I delivered our children. And I loved so much when my friends would come the next day after I'd have the baby and they would come and say hi to me and sit and talk to me and ask me questions and see the baby and hold the baby. And, you know, sometimes they would bring flowers or a card and, you know, that's kind of like in the church too. Sometimes we're doing really well where we're not having struggles or trials or afflictions or things that are, are bothering us. And so we're able to be that visitor. We're able to go and help somebody and reach out to them and help them feel God's love and show them our compassion. Um, okay. The last one is um, sometimes like a hospital, you and I experience emergencies, things that we did not expect whatsoever, and they happen very quickly and it causes us to really have a moment of question or concern, or we feel a level of darkness or confusion. And it's something that we didn't even anticipate. Um, early on in my podcast, I interviewed my good friend, Sarah, and her and uh, Sarah and Jamie went on a ski trip with their family for Christmas. And they came back in the beginning of January, Jamie his tailbone had been hurting. You can go back and listen to her podcast. And it turned out he had stage four colon cancer. And Jamie was diagnosed with that at the beginning of January. And by February, beginning of February, Jamie passed away. And that was without a doubt, a complete emergency for Sarah and her family. And there are things that you and I, uh, we go through, you know, that we do not we do not even know what's going to happen. It, it's an emergency. And so when we are at church and we're around other people, we don't know if they're going through an emergency. We don't know what people are experiencing. We don't know if they're at an outpatient, if they have a temporary little hill that they're trying to climb, that they're struggling with. You know, sometimes we're in the place of a nurse or a doctor where we can care for others' needs and we have the capacity to do it. But sometimes we need to be cared for. Sometimes we need to be the patient. Sometimes we come to the hospital because we are the ones that are in need of help. 
So different times in our lives, we are in different areas of the hospital. I want to just share with you a few quotes that I love that kind of illustrate this concept about the hospital and about having the love and compassion and kindness towards everybody. Uh, Elder Holland said, though we may feel we are like a broken vessel, as the psalmist says, we must remember that vessel is in the hands of the divine potter. Broken minds can be healed just the way broken bones and broken hearts are healed. While God is at work making those repairs, the rest of us can help by being merciful, non-judgmental, and kind. So if we symbolically encounter somebody that's in the hospital, in our, um, uh, you know, our, our ward, our stake, we need to go in and show mercy and non-judgment and kindness. Elder Ulysses Suarez said in October 2021, the compassionate attitude of Jesus is rooted in charity. In his pure and perfect love, which is the essence of his atoning sacrifice, compassion is a fundamental characteristic of those who strive for sanctification. And this divine quality intertwines with other Christian traits, such as mourning with those that mourn and having empathy, mercy, and kindness. The expression of compassion for others is, in fact, the essence of the gospel of Jesus Christ and a marked evidence of our spiritual and emotional closeness to the Savior. One of my favorite quotes from President Nelson that he gave um, recently was, one of the easiest ways to identify a true follower of Jesus Christ is how compassionately that person treats other people. So with my Beth-isms of weirdness <laughs> and having these thoughts and comparisons and symbolic ideas, I want to finish off again by reading Elder Holland's quote. The church is not a monastery for the isolation of perfect people. It's more like a hospital provided for those who wish to get well. The Church of Jesus Christ is there for us to get well. It's a vehicle for us to heal and get better. And at different times of our lives, we can be in a place like a nurse or a doctor that we're in good shape. We're able to take care of others' needs. But sometimes we're in a waiting room or we're undergoing a day surgery or we're in the emergency room or we're in outpatient care. And when these times are there, we as members of a congregation, friends, leaders, siblings, parents, everybody, we need to show one another more compassion and love because this church is not a monastery for the isolation of perfect people. It's more like a hospital provided for those who wish to get well. Thank you so much for listening. I hope all of you have a wonderful day. I am so grateful that you listened to my latest podcast. Please share these episodes with your family and friends. I look forward to being with you again soon. Have a great day.